Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. We really hope we see you there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think the biggest thing that we have to learn is internal self-validation. Nothing came from within me. I totally depended on waking up each day and having people tell me that I was great. Hello and welcome back to Should I Delete That? I'm Alex Light. Je m'appelle M. Clarkson. Bonjour en France. Someone's in France. C'est moi. C'est moi. It is me. <laughs> I am so jealous. How is it? Stunning. My French is appalling. But I am... Um, uh, God I loves a tryer. God loves a tryer. <laughs> they do. And it's good to try. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think the French love a tryer. But nevertheless, I'm They really don't. No, they have no time. Um, <laughs> it's crushing. I arrive and I say, Bonjour, ça va? Way. Like, de l'eau, s'il vous plaît. Like, blah, blah, blah. And they go, water, still a sparkling. I'm like, oh... <laughs> I thought I had you, I, know, I thought I you knew, but they can just smell it on me. Yeah. Oh, they can. <laughs> yeah, everybody's spoken to Brutal. me in English, it's been heartbreaking. <laughs> is your good that you're in France? My good, my good is that I'm in France. Arlo's been swimming in the sea, which has been Oh, stunning. did she like it? Yeah, loves it. Loves the water. Oh. So we're in the sea, we've had her in the pool, and yeah, she really, like, it's a risk, because... I did not like the water when I was a kid, but she's just loving it. Good. That's really sweet. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, so nice to have her here. And just, oh, it's just joy. Um, what's your good, please? We got an aircon unit, right, a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, for fuck's sake, we've bought an aircon unit when there's absolutely no need for it because it's no degrees here. And all of a sudden it shot up to 30 or almost 30. And I put it on last night. And when I tell you I had one of the best sleeps of my entire life and I was snuggled into my duvet and it was like blissfully like ice, it grew cold in the room and I'm just delighted. I'm really happy for you. Thanks. No one deserves an aircon unit more than you. Thank you. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got a bad or an awkward for me? It's um, so untrue. My, it's so untrue. It's like literally, this is like climate change. The world's on fire. Like so many more people deserve it. But that's okay. Yeah, I'm pleased really you're do. sleeping sound. But let's celebrate me. <laughs> yeah, this is all about you. Um, okay, so my bad is I'm here with a lot of people and there is a plague in the household. The squits oh. have come to France. Oh no. Everybody. Oh, everybody's no. got the trots. And it's like playing a horrible game. of. It's just a waiting game. I know it's oh, coming no. for me. And I know it's probably coming from my baby and my husband too. And there's nothing we can do. So we're just sitting in a state of 
panicked. Oh my god, it's the worst. You'd rather just have it and get it over and done with. I, I would, that's nothing I want more because I don't want to be the last person to have it because everyone else will be feeling like fine. Like, well, like at least at the moment, everybody's up, so everyone's on shit for a minute. It's fine. Yeah. But like, if everybody gets better and then it's just me, it's like, oh good, I'll be the last. Like at the moment, everyone's staying close to the house so that we can like. Mm be safe but <laughs> sure, enough, sure enough they're all they'll all get better and be like guys let's go for a beach day and i'll be like cool 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 shit <laughs> oh and, and people do just shit themselves in the sea you know i think that's really wrong alex you pee in pools like you've got no authority to talk to me Sorry, about don't say it as if like toilet uh, etiquette no 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 i have peed at, at some point in my life in the pool i don't pee in pools i don't specifically go t- into pools and pee anyway honestly it's put me right i'm off. offended in the pool. i'm like Oh, oh, how many Alex lights have been in here? Opening their urethras. All of us. Anything bad? Um, Opening their urethras. Yes, my bad. My bad is also to do with bodies. Uh, I have eczema. I've always had eczema. No biggie. But I've got eczema in a new place. Ooh. On my bum crack. No, there's nothing less sexy than a flaky butt crack. I know. Well, it's not flaky. It's just more like... Itchy. Extremely inflamed and possibly bleeding. Oh no. Does that, are you itching in public? Do you look like you've got worms? This, this is the worst thing. I can't itch in public. I obviously can't itch in public because I can't itch in public. So no, I'm like, I'm like scratching myself up and down the chairs. It's bad. It's not good. <laughs> like I've never, oh, like, no. literally. She's scratching her rashy bum crack on furniture. No. In yeah. central London. Watch out for me. I'll pee in your pool and I'll rub my ass on your chair. So, <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's your not Tinder good. bio. <laughs> Watch out for me. <laughs> Gorgeous. Um, yeah, that's my bad. What's your awkward? Awkward. Oh, I'm such a tragic excuse for a human being, I swear to God. So I got a new pair. I'm so excited. Like, obviously, I've put a bit of weight on because I had a baby. So fair fucks. I had to buy some new summer clothes. So I've got an amazing pair of denim shorts from Abercrombie that I've had for years. And I love yeah. them. And I've got them in my old size. And they don't fit. So I was like, okay, they're like, they, they're a good length. Like, they're the, yeah. the Curve Love mum shorts from Abercrombie, for anyone listening. They're a Ooh. really good length, so they don't go right Ooh. up your bum. The dad ones are a bit longer, but they don't go right up your ass crack, which is good for you because yours is itchy. And it, they kind of prevent <laughs> chub rub because it goes down a little bit further. And they just sit really well because I've got a much wider bum and smaller waist, right? So they're just amazing. So I had them before, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get them again in a size bigger so that I can go to France and wear them and I got them in a different colour so that if I'm between sizes I could get them a different they're amazing honestly they're fab right anyway so I put them on with my swimming costume for the first morning and I was feeling my oats we were up early because I basically don't sleep because I have a baby that just doesn't sleep so we went for a little walk and I was just I was feeling much better about myself than I thought I would feel for the first time getting into the swimming costume after having a baby anyway got back Oh, I fell asleep for a nap. I was like, I'm going to take this opportunity to do a little tanning. So I took my shorts off and I was lying there and I looked down and I was like, why do I have a barcode on my leg? And I think whilst I had been sweating, the barcode from the tag of my denim shorts had imprinted on my leg, like transferred onto my leg, which is where it remained for like a whole day. So everyone was like, oh, why have you got a barcode on your butt cheek? I look like Do I've we have been... a picture? Yeah, of course we've got a picture. I'll send it. I'll, I'll, we'll have it on the Instagram. Thank you. I need to see this. Thank you very much. Like, what a little loser. Love that. 
What a loser. Um, I'm also a loser. I am, again, my awkward is a repeat awkward, but I didn't pull into someone's drive this time. It's not that one. But I was in a, a meeting, a really important meeting, actually, with like big, important people. And we were, um, a, the, the, a guy in the meeting, we somehow got onto dogs. And, and then he was like, oh, unfortunately, my dog died a few weeks oh, ago. No. And I was like, oh God, no, but I was fine. I was like, you know, that's fine. Okay, well, I'm sorry for you, but you know, that's fine. And then he was like, yeah, it it, um, it was really sad, but we had a great last night together. <laughs> and then just proceeded to tell this story about how the dog like knew it was dying and like came to cuddle on him and just just sat oh, on his God, chest no. all night and I and I no. so then I'm off I'm done I'm gone but I can't catch my breath because <laughs> I'm like you I, a dog videos are really just like sad dog videos are really getting me at the moment they're, they're really hurting my soul and everything so yeah so I was crying in this meeting everyone's looking at me my, my manager's looking at me like this is not the time nor the place no, it's so bad, Al. We need help. I, I mean, I can't I chastise you anymore because I've also hijacked somebody's dead dog, dead dog story. We're as bad as each other, except now you're worse than me because you've done it twice and I've only done it I once. I know, I know, I know. It is bad. I know. It is bad. But that's worst. very sad that the dog knew it was dying. That kind of yeah, makes I me can't. I can't. I know. I can't even think about it again. Oh, I got myself horrendous. into a bit of an emotional state, to be honest, because after, obviously, last week's Is It Just Me episode when we talked about you know, humans going to space and the conspiracy theories and whatever, I remember that the Russians sent a dog to space and then I got really panicked because I never <laughs> followed through with the Google to yeah. check that it came back again. It did. Oh God. But then I had these oh, horrible okay. thoughts of it being like, oh my God, imagine if it just floated to its own death and it would have just been waiting for someone to love it and come back for it and no one ever will because it's in it. A- okay, stop anyway. it. Why are you do it? What are you doing to me? Well, I don't know why I'm I did not it because apparently it was, only spa- it was only in space for like seven minutes. It was absolutely fine. Okay, good. Good. Fuck. I can't sorry. take it. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. That's literally all I've been thinking about all afternoon. Okay. Anyway. Okay, thankfully anyway. the dog survived. Okay. We're good. Yeah, the dog was fine. We're good. And we have, oh, we have a guest. We have a guest who's currently randomly in France, literally around the corner from me. So I think I might see her tomorrow. But for now, we've got her on the podcast. We've got the amazing... Oh my God, I hate you all. I actually hate you all. That's not how you introduce a nice guest. We're so lucky to have her. Because <laughs> you hate her, I hate her. <laughs> I'm jealous, okay? I'm a jealous bitch. Anyway, go on. I did invite you out here, but like, I did. I know. We tried to make it work, didn't we? And it just wasn't possible. I, know. I don't want to say it was a last minute invite, but it's a bit of a last minute invite. But that's well, fair. Yeah, Why I didn't would you... invite you on my family holiday. <laughs> Why would I? Fair. Fair. Yeah. Sorry, Al. I'll invite you on literally every, every, everywhere else I go for the rest of my life. You're invited. Thank you. No, I was gutted. I actually really wanted to come, but it didn't work. And I was, it hurt. It hurt. It really hurt. Anyway. I get that. This is a brilliant interview. She's A terrible introduction she to speaks, it. Alice speaks a lot more sense than we do. She does speak a lot more sense. We've got the wonderful Alice Living. And we just want to put a small trigger warning for the end of this episode, the last 15 minutes or so. Alice talks about her experience of domestic abuse. So listener caution is advised. Hi, Alice. Hi. How are you? I'm good, yeah. I'm feeling ready for a holiday, to be honest. But um, but no, I'm really good, yeah. I'm very excited to be here. I was very honoured to be asked on your podcast. Oh, I'm a big fr- fan. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we were honoured that you said yes. Oh. <laughs> Always awkward if you ask like a, 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 like an acquaintance or a friend and they're like, ooh, no, <laughs> I don't oh, want to do that. Oh, that would be really awkward. Um, so we were talking before we came, the last time that we both saw you 
was at oh, a women's was... aid event. And yes. I was at a refuge event. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, li- I was listening to your podcast with um, Roxy Nafusi this morning and you were talking oh, about like, you? yeah, about the things. Like ages ago. Well, it was. It was 2020. Yeah. Um, and this is, you've done so much in your life. And I think she said it in the interview. She was like, you, you, it's a surprise to learn how young you are because you've done so much with like your life. But then it's not because you look very young. So <laughs> it's fine. But um, you grew up really fast. Yeah. I get, like that's what I learned about you listening to that episode. And it hadn't occurred to me that you'd had so much like trauma in your past. Do you feel like an older soul? God, I've always felt like an old soul. I feel like sometimes there are some people that I've always wanted to be older. Like I remember being 12 and being like, oh my God, I just want to be 30 and have family and kids. Yeah, I've always wanted to be older. And then weirdly, you're absolutely right. Like I... I don't know whether it was the, the same as my peers, but I definitely remember. And like part of the reason why, like I feel I kind of you know went into you know and I'm sure we're coming to it but like went into that relationship and went into other things in my life is because I've always wanted to be independent out the house like be grown up and now I'm like slow down <laughs> I'm yeah. not ready you're but- child no, I'm the middle. Oh, weird. Yeah, I'm the middle. And I think, like, yeah, I've just always... I had an older sister and I always looked up to her and thought, oh my God, I'm desperate to be, have like, having that independence. And as soon as I could and she'd pass a driving test, I was like, give me your provisional licence so I can go to Revs in Beaconsfield and, like, get in and party. <laughs> but, like, I was just desperate for it. I really... Yeah, I've always, always had that. But, yeah, you're right. I think I, some of my growing up has not only been done really publicly but also really speedily as I've had to kind of, I guess you know adjust to my career and all of that changing and you know all of that so yeah yeah because you have I mean you've been in the I don't know how you call it like in the public eye an influencer I guess for a long time now haven't you yeah I'm like when I went to I had a meeting at Instagram not long ago and they were like we're describing you as legacy talent and I was like oh wow that feels feels really (laughs) but yeah like a long time so I think I started my my page back in god like 20 14, 15 maybe, I think, something like wow. that. that is a really long yeah. time. Yeah. It's like a decade online, wow. yeah. So, so you were like one of the first kind of social media influencers. You were the one of the one of the first that I remember. Me and I were speaking about this before beforehand. I was like, you've. I feel like you were definitely one of the first. Yeah. And you were really young at the time. Yeah, so I started when I was at college. So I went to theatre school and I was at um, at college and I, w- I probably would have been 20... 2021-ish when I first started posting like regularly and and kind of I never saw it as because obviously at the time influencer like as a career didn't even exist there wasn't even such a thing as being like a personality online um I just did it as kind of you know this is a fun thing to do I wanted to engage with other people that were doing at the time a similar thing to me but yeah I was I was I reckon I was probably about 20 and you know it was it was so innocent back then it was so nice as well you know when I think to how social media is now I'm like oh it was so lovely everyone I don't I I don't even remember there being like any kind of conflict or friction or you know trolling (laughs) I know it was was a great time guys that's so nice yeah but no so yeah I feel like I feel like I started at a time when you know social media was just taking off and I was just starting to kind of find myself as an adult I'd moved away from home I was living in London 
you know, when I think back to my best years of my life, I obviously love every stage of my life, but I loved that stage. I was living in a flat in Sidcup, if anyone knows, it's it's a lovely place. <laughs> um, and I lived with my best friend, Lewis, and, you know, our four other really close um, flatmates. And it was just like, life was like so fun yeah. and free. And, you know, I was very much living hand to mouth and had no money and was, you know, a student, obviously, at the time. But it was just, it was great. And I think that... Um, the Instagram world kind of just offered an extension of, you know, engaging with new people and finding my voice and my identity. And so, yeah, took off. Was the content fitness at the beginning? No, only food. So actually, when I first started, I was posting only about food and my page was private for a long time so I called myself clean eating student <laughs> and and I literally just used it as more of like a food diary and like followed other people that were doing similar things at the time and then I think it was when I realized that you know I wanted to have other people see my content and be able to engage more with others I opened it up and I changed my name to clean eating Alice um but yeah it was more food and the fitness only came you know quite a bit later how much later Gosh, I don't know. It's so hard, like, time-stamping things now because it all feels like a bit of a blur. But I would say maybe, like, I definitely was training because obviously I was training as a dancer. So, like, I was still going to the gym, but I'd never discovered weight training. And I have to credit Joe Wicks with, like, kind of opening my eyes to lifting weights and doing all that sort of stuff, although he was sort of more of the hit side of things. But I do remember following him and thinking, oh, I want to start incorporating some of that into my content. Um, And so, yeah, I started going to the gym, but I never posted, like, workouts it was more the body transformation stuff Mm. um, because at the time my physique was changing and I very much kind of pinned my content on look at me look at what I've done so it was very much you know more taking photos in the mirror sharing my body and that attributing that to to fitness rather than actually sharing fitness content in itself it feels really weird to think of somebody like if I think about exercise now or like someone that's really like knows their shit, I think of you, I'll be like, Alice, Alice knows what's up. Like she's, <laughs> she's an expert in all these things. And it's really funny to think about you at the beginning of a journey because mm. it's like, it's the same as like a teacher learning to be a teacher. I'm like, when did that happen? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just an odd thought. Come when with your fitness, sharing it publicly, because you have come on a long way. Like I feel like it, and also the internet, like you say, like it's very different. Like if you started doing transformation stuff now, people would be like, what what you doing but but do you not feel like yes for our generation but not for like 21 year olds i i see the same pattern now coming around again of people that were just like me who you know are doing the same journey and pumping out the same content that i did like 10 years ago and it's so interesting how I feel because of the echo chamber and the and the place that I've got myself to in the world that I exist in now that we've come on so far. But then you only have to dig even a tiny bit below the surface on social media to see, well, that generation before, you know, yeah. after us are doing the same thing again. Mm. Yeah, it's, that, my, that's what makes me sad. My feeling is that content really exists on TikTok and it's not that accepted on Instagram. Maybe it's just because I'm in my own bubble on Instagram and I don't. I don't I don't follow those kind of people on there mm. but it feels like I get served a lot of that content on TikTok and it and it feels very much it, it feels like back in the, you know, 2015, like in that kind of era of, of transformation, clean eating, like 
body checking and even like what I eat in a day videos those were like a no-no for a long time and I remember you know really recognizing that there was a problematic aspect to sharing everything that you ate in a day as if it were kind of follow me and you'll look like me um but I see that happening now again and then becoming totally normalized so it's so funny how um everything's cyclical in life isn't it like stuff comes in stuff goes out trends will come and go but I feel like I had really felt for a while that we'd come on a long way in terms of and you know you to to look at mainstream media to look at advertising there is definitely a shift in terms of the people that they're using the diversity that they have the kind of variability in sizes and shapes and colors and all that sort of stuff is great but yeah there's definitely still this pocket of social media that I see that um, still very much heavily focuses on, you know, all of the kind of toxic stuff that I feel like all of us have maybe moved away from. Um, And that's not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing, because also I never want to be someone who's like, you shouldn't do this. Like I spent a lot of my time being really frustrated and angry at people doing the stuff that I felt I'd moved away from and still felt was problematic. Mm -hmm. I think it's more, you know, maybe their journey will be similar to, to ours. Maybe they just need to go on that process and, um, and learn as we did you know you don't you don't have everything figured out at 21 it's okay to make mistakes jesus i had to learn that the hard way so maybe it's that they're going on that same thing i think with my compassionate hat on you have to allow people to make those mistakes especially when they're young and as much as i'd love to think that some of them will swerve that trend and you know be drawn in by people like you guys i do think that there's something to be said for women growing up and going through all those body struggles and you know navigating the murky world of diet culture and and hopefully coming to a place where they do come out the other side and feel comfortable but that takes time you know all of us are examples of having to having to learn the hard way and you know to make the mistakes and um and I think that it's really important that we don't just assume that everyone's going to sing from the same hymn sheet you know straight off the bat and and know that you know those sorts of things fads and um you know a lot of the diet culture trends are are awful like they just you know they need to learn their own way it's also a bit brutal as well that we put the onus and like I know again we're all learning but it, it is then nuts that I think because of that we look at how look at a person and think oh they've got it really easy and they'll tell you off or reprimand you or advise you not to do it or whatever and it's generally not very kind because it's generally a lashing out and saying this has triggered me or whatever mm. you need to not be doing this mm. but you're still on your journey and you and it, it's it's a lot of pressure that we put on individuals that we deem problematic and I find like that's a really gray area in the fitness industry in diet culture spaces on the internet because it's like it's not yeah okay it's not it's not ideal that people are doing these body transformations and body checking and whatever but they're on their journeys and they're doing it for a reason and it's kind of nuts how much pressure we then put on individuals to stop doing all of that and just somehow just don't like just don't do that and it's like but that's a I, i'm not explaining that very well but it's a lot of pressure basically i feel like is put on people like you to be doing it perfectly right mm. uh, we have come to a place if we think about instagram in 2015 when it first started well not when it first started 2014-15 when i first started thinking it was taking off i think people were much more forgiving of of people you know being allowed to be fallible and to make mistakes yeah. um i was able to have a, a a really big climb down from you know what was publicly quite a 
a problematic space. That's what I meant for the question to be. It's yeah. like, how was that for you as an yeah. individual having to undo it? Yeah. And like not do that anymore. But I think that, you know, I... I'm in, I sit here incredibly grateful that I have a, an audience of people who allowed me to really hold my hands up and say, I got it wrong. Mm. Um, and I think that I, I do feel that the space we've now shifted to and where I now feel that we are is far more um, unforgiving. And I think that is that what you're trying to say yeah. is that like yeah. we don't give people the grace to be fallible and to make mistakes and it, yeah. not in the same way anyway. And so as much as I um, I do feel incredibly grateful that I was given that grace to be able to say, you know, this is what I thought then. And actually, this is what I think now. And those two things are different. And I'm going to explain to you why um, I feel that. Would that have happened now? I think it would be a very different response. Mm. And I think that's a really difficult thing for us as creators, but even just for consumers of social media, it puts this immense pressure on us to get it right first Mm. time and to get things right just in general. And it means that you, Alex, me, we all become a little bit censored. We don't want to share as much because we're worried about making mistakes. And so everything becomes much more... Um, you know, dulled down and we just don't allow for discourse and for and for, for, for allowing people to make mistakes and giving them the grace to do that. I think there's a way to do it, obviously. And like, you know, when you ask about that kind of climb down from where I was, I had to do it with humility and, and to, to take people on that journey of saying... I got things wrong and I'm happy to always hold my hands up when I make mistakes, you know. I, I do think that that's really important that just generally in life we give people the grace to get it wrong and to be able to come back from that. Um, but it is in how you, 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 you know, work your way out of that that's really important. And so I had to take people on that journey with me with 100% honesty and with having the ability to say, um, I'm still figuring it out. I don't have all the answers. I'm going to really try to be, number one, the best coach I can be and make sure that I'm educated in the information that I put out but also that I share that you know this is where I'm at now but I might feel differently in five years time I might have completely changed my opinion on something and I need you to to allow me to to figure that out myself as much as I'm happy to share my life online like I don't have all the answers none of us do and um I think that when we place people on a pedestal like myself, like you guys as, as, a, as an expert and as someone that we go to for this specific type of content or, you know, whatever it is, we cannot, you know, we cannot look at those people as being perfect and having all the answers. None of us are. Um, and so I just am, yeah, I'm really grateful that my shift came at a time when I think people were a little bit more forgiving online. I think that the world that we exist in now is, is a little bit more complex and, and challenging unfortunately it does feel like one strike you're out now doesn't it which means you kind of live in this permanent state of fear <laughs> that everything's going to come crumbling down because you say the wrong thing or yeah. you make the wrong move and it is a shame because you're right it does you do end up being censored and maybe not having the conversations that you would like ideally like to have I don't know. But also you can't do like that friend. But. Yeah. but you can't do like one thing that's like you've got to do you've got to do everything right. You can't do like one yeah. thing. Like imagine like if I just I don't know, I can't think of something I'm scared because anything I say is definitely the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but like imagine imagine like 
and it's, it's what you were saying. You, uh, did you say it? But Ashley, were you saying it yesterday that Ashley Graham had lost yeah, weight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you felt that the internet was a bit kinder because, like, yeah. but it's like when a plus when some, when a plus size person isn't plus size anymore, the internet can't handle it. When like a fitness trainer stops exercising, we can't handle it. It's and like, yeah. do you think there's something in that? And I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Is like we love the struggle. Mm. We love to follow someone who's like, I'm struggling. Um, you know, I would say my most engaged content is when I'm overly vulnerable. I might share that I'm struggling with my body image or I am finding life challenging or having a mental health moment or, you know, struggling with whatever it is that I'm going through. We love yeah. to see the struggle and we find um, kind of relatability in that, which yeah. is great. And I do think it's important that we share those things. Mm. But we therefore struggle when people don't struggle. Do you mm. see what I mean? When someone's doing really yeah. well, they're celebrating yeah. their successes, they're genuinely really they're happy. happy. Yeah. yeah. We're not so like, quick to cheer I've them seen on. It, no. I'm not going to name yeah. this person, but I've seen a person online who I've followed for years who has gone through this whole life shift where she moved away from a partner, she has now met someone else and got engaged and she's very happy. And I've seen all of these comments of people going, you're not genuinely happy. It's really problematic what you're doing. Like, I can tell that this is all fake. And yeah. I really feel for her because I'm like my god like she's she's clearly trying to say like i'm in a great place and people are like no but you're not yeah you're not you're really struggling and yeah. that might not be the perfect example but what i mean is is that i think there's something to be said for us really enjoying seeing someone you know go through it a little bit i'm going to be honest myself included i find it incredibly relatable when someone like uh stacy solomon is like this is my body image and i'm struggling with it but yeah. like this is me i love that but i yeah. also and i oh god i feel i don't know whether i'm able to say this but i think it's more of sometimes a female against female thing as well oh yeah we've that been set against each with other, women yeah. there's a level of competitiveness there's a level of you know if you're not struggling as much as I am, you can't complain. Mm. There's a level of, you know, if you're really happy and doing well, well, that's, you know, that's not fair. And I just think there's something to be said for, um, you know, us being a little bit more compassionate to both ends of the spectrum, to people that are going mm. through it and struggling, yeah. but also, you know, having happiness and love and compassion for people that are doing really well. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And, you know, I have to check myself many times when I'm going on 
Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is and that thought comes into my head where I go oh she's got it so easy or oh my god you know she's really like you know gloating in her happiness and like those thoughts come into my head because I'm human and because it's normal for us to feel those things I remember when I said to my therapist that I was jealous of someone she was like this is great she's like this is really great you need to be honest about these things but like it's important that we acknowledge them but I can also challenge those thoughts as well and like be curious about them why am I jealous of this person why do I feel a sense of um you know frustration when someone else gets something that I don't have it's like it's interesting that we have all these things and we are all again we're human it's natural for us to have them but you know we have to learn that and this has gone off on a massive tangent I don't know what my point is but basically we have to learn to challenge those things and and to be um you know able to have both ends of the spectrum being okay do you think people project a lot onto you like I, I'm hearing you speak about your body image and I've seen you speak a lot about your body image online but looking and I, I suspect you get this a lot where a lot of people look at you and think you're so strong and you're petite and like you've got an amazing figure and I think that's quite hard for people to then have the have empathy with you when you say I have body image issues yeah people will look at you and go but you, but you look amazing so yeah you can't possibly yeah yeah I think that's a big thing and and, and look I, I actually do think that on, on that point it is important to acknowledge that I can talk about body image issues, but I do tend to say, you know, I'm going to caveat this with the fact that I'm still a slim white woman that has a very socially acceptable body. I do think that, you know, we have to be real about these things. There's not, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, woe is me, like life is so awful for me. Um, But I think on the flip side of that, I also have really genuinely struggled with my body image coming from a place where I was a professional dancer. I was, you know, lean as anything and as as the narrative tells us if we gain weight it's often seen as a bad thing so I'm having to really unlearn that thought of you know um, that way of thinking and learn to accept the body that I'm in and the healthy place that I've got myself to but it hasn't been easy and so yeah I share that side of things but I do think that that it's it's hard when um yeah, you're right. I don't, I, I can't speak for everyone on, on body image issues and I can't represent anyone. So I can only share what I experience and be honest with that. But yeah, it's difficult in terms of, you're right. I think people sometimes just go, I don't understand, like, but you look great. And it's like, that. that's, you know, that's lovely and kind of you to say, but it's not always marrying up with how I feel. And I think that, that therefore that's important for us to, to talk about, you know? Definitely. Because like, and like you said, it's so like we we understand the point that yes you are a, a you know a, a slim woman that your body is very socially acceptable you've got you don't face any oppression due to your size but to silence you about your body image struggles that just then silences all the other people who look similar to you who have body image struggles and it's such a shame i think i've, I've seen a lot of that happening and everything's relative as well even me i'm i'm you know i'm bigger than you but when i talk about my body body image issues I have people saying to me but it's all right for you you know try being a plus size woman try being a size 20 or or whatever it's like it's all relative but but if you've if you struggle 
and you're willing to talk about it, I think everyone should do it because it's going to help. You're going to speak. You're not going to speak to everyone, but you're going to speak to a, a good amount of people who feel similar to mm. you and look similar to you and can really relate to that. So I think it's important that you share still. Yeah, and look, life isn't a competition. Just because you are struggling more than me doesn't mean that I can't accept that I'm also struggling as well. Do you right. know what I mean? Like totally. it, it's it it shouldn't be comparable in that sense. Like yeah. we shouldn't um, exist in a world where you can only struggle if you're the worst of, of something or you're struggling the most with something um we can all have our individual struggles we can all talk about them honestly it doesn't mean that you know I can sit here and say oh but you've got it so much better than me you can't you, you know you can't complain it, it, it basically doesn't serve anyone to do that I actually find that really problematic you know I, I there's been a few things where um I've seen stuff you know that people sort of say or do or whatever and you know when people kind of have a moan basically which we all love to do and is totally human and people go I can't believe you're doing that like you're so privileged how can you you know there are people out there that are you know really struggling it's like yeah there are and I'm not discounting the fact that there are people that are genuinely really struggling but that doesn't minimize the 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 feeling that I have and it doesn't mean that I could you know feel any less if anything what you do is actually just invalidate how someone's feeling and make them you know feel doubly guilty for even having you know a a kind of a feeling of inadequacy because they feel like they shouldn't it it just it yeah it doesn't serve anyone yeah exactly and there's that quote that and i've said it so many times on the podcast and every time i've butchered it but it's love a good quote basically like you can you can you either drown in five inches of water or five meters of water but you still drown. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Get, do you get it? It's again yeah. like, similar to like, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. And I think, yeah, I think that the biggest take home that I, I have had to learn about social media and using it in a healthy way is to like minimize the comparison aspect of it. Like I know that obviously this has been yeah. said time and time again, like comparison culture, yada, yada, yada. But I do think that particularly on that, on people sharing things about themselves and talking about their lives and whatever, like not feeling as though they are any better or worse than me or I am any better or worse than them, that we're both existing individually in the context of our lives and what I'm experiencing feels like a big struggle to me because I maybe haven't experienced anything worse than that. But also I'm able to be compassionate to someone who's really going through it and I can see that, you know, they're also struggling. It's it's like we can both exist at the same time and both feel what we're feeling without one or the other needing to sort of compare. Do you see what I mean? And isn't that so hard, getting to a place where you don't do that anymore? I still struggle with that. I find Mm. that so difficult. And we say it all the time, uh, comparison's a thief of joy. Yeah, yeah. It, you know it's it's a really toxic behavior but it's so hard because it's like I actually don't know if it's hardwired in us or it's just reinforced in us from a really well it is reinforced in us from a really young age I don't know if it's hardwired in us mm. but it feels like we're just hardwired to compare and it's so difficult but practice does make not perfect but better doesn't it and like every little time that you can catch yourself and stop yourself I find that to be like I, I find that progress really satisfying because I'm like, oh my God, I realised that. I was yeah. comparing myself to her. And actually, 
you know and you, usually it's something random like I've spoken about this before like I can't cook I find it really difficult <laughs> to cook and I see people whip up meals yeah. like just whip up casual meals for dinner and I'm like how do you do that that makes me feel so bad about myself I get some really funny messages from Al whenever <laughs> I cook anything I'm like super easy recipe tonight guys and Al's always like easy huh <laughs> like what you've, you've named like 20 steps that's but not like, easy but it's so it's so um, it is so hard you're absolutely right like how can we not exist in a world where we have an insight into I don't know how many people I follow on Instagram maybe like I think a thousand people I'm looking at yeah. a thousand people's days you know at, one, at least once a week seeing what they get up to seeing what they're doing and like how could you not compare like it would be impossible to not look at that and be like oh I really want what she's got oh I really wish that I could be like her it, it's it's more that exactly as you said like you can challenge those thoughts um and you can learn that, like, again, I'm sure you guys have said this, but, like, yeah, if, if it's, like, toxic stuff, you can curate, sorry, your space to be yeah. more positive. Yeah. But at the same time, like, there's there's people that I love following that I still get really triggered by. I, I'm just I being totally the, honest. Like, yeah. it just happens. And I'm in two minds about this, the, like, curating, because, and I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard the phrase, run towards your triggers. Okay. Which I, is I love that. terrifying, but really good. So whenever someone triggers me, I'm like, I want to unfollow them. But at the same time, yeah. I'm like, why do they yeah. trigger me so much? Maybe I should learn. I found on that one, like one of the biggest, I guess maybe because I'm just like going through a massive physical change, like having just had a baby. And I think one of the biggest like triggers for me, not use that word loosely but like is seeing probably um like people like you who have kept and maintained like amazing strength and like a great figure and like i follow some like absolute machines on instagram and now when i look at them and i'm like a literal pot of jelly i'm like uh-huh like and the temptation maybe would have been on that level like oh unfollow them because it's not me it's not serving me i'm not close to that or whatever and actually i remembered one of the big biggest switches i ever did in my own head when i was in the gym because i used to, i used to go to f45 and i would always think oh god i'm really intimidated by these people and i would literally swap the word intimidated for inspired and be like no i'm not intimidated i'm inspired they all started here i can do that too and i'm having to like remind myself and i think it is really good that i didn't unfollow those people because it's made me stick and do that work and look and be like, no, I'm inspired. I'm, they got, they started somewhere. I can start somewhere. I can get there. I can get there. I can get there. I won't. I'm never going to be able to do like 50 pull-ups wearing a fucking like <laughs> tire. But it's like nice to dream. But I think it's so important as well. And I never do this. But I think it's so important to remember like someone we are seeing like this picture or this video of someone and the backstory is not available to us at all and we don't have a clue and we're very you know we're very surface level mm. creatures aren't we so we just take it at surface level and if we take I don't know why I keep coming back to this cooking thing it's embarrassing <laughs> but if we take I that it. this is what I think now I'm like okay well maybe maybe her mum helped teach her how to cook when she was younger you know maybe she Good, and then did you some get angry with your mom. cooking <laughs> lessons yeah yeah and I'm like mum <laughs> You so know, like you just don't you just no. don't know and everyone is brought up different everyone and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I guess I'm just saying this to like anyone who struggles with comparison because it, it is so horrible it is yeah, so hard but also like there are so many other qualities that you probably have that you know whoever chef on Instagram is is cooking up doesn't have like Debatable. it's like <laughs> you know, no, no but the, I think it's really important that like just because someone else's yeah. light is shining bright doesn't dim yours. You know, totally. like she might be good at cooking. She doesn't have this. She doesn't have that. Like we could go through it and round, you know, round the houses on those things. But like it's it's about just reminding yourself that like 
I, I, I think the biggest thing that I have really had to do, and look, I've had years of therapy, like, whew, I've gone through <laughs> it. But I think the biggest thing that we have to learn is um, internal self-validation. Like, I yes. have spent the formative years of my life getting all of my validation from 600 however many thousand people on the internet my whole existence was Mm. based of people telling me if I looked good how well I was doing how successful I was like Mm. nothing came from within me I totally depended on waking up each day and having people tell me that I was great so like I had nothing in terms of understanding that I was a nice a likable person a good-hearted person a kind person like I remember the first time oh my god it's actually gonna make me emotional the first time my therapist was like Alice I really like you and I burst into tears like I cried my eyes out because I could not imagine that like because as much as I I understood that like they everyone liked Alice living that was on Instagram behind the scenes I didn't like myself at all and I didn't think that people would like me so like when she said it to me she was like Alice I really like you I literally I remember the session so well I burst into tears because I could not imagine that I was a likable person and because I'd done no work on finding who I actually was everything was about the image that I was portraying who I was online, you know, my whole journey had been played out so publicly from such a young age that, like, nothing came from within. Whereas now, and, like, look, I'm not there, but I I have done so much work on, like, inner validation, on knowing who I am and that I am a, that I am a good person. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how many times you have to, like, reiterate yourself. Like, regardless of what anyone on the internet thinks, says, does about me, like, I can go to sleep and put my head on my pillow at night and say... I'm a good person. I try my best day in, day out. And I fuck up and I get it wrong. And I am totally fallible like the rest of us. But like, ultimately, I'm a decent person. And as long as I can do that, like, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Because like... It, it's it, otherwise it becomes impossible you're at the behest of like thousands of people who could switch your mood in a second by being like you know your face looks like a foot or whatever it is like you know, <laughs> like, you know like whatever I just think that like it like my my whole day could be like a total emotional roller coaster of yeah. this person says you look great that person's criticized you this person says that this is amazing about you that person said you're doing it wrong like it could be it, it was exhausting yeah. whereas now like I can go on and I can be more objective about the fact that like this is the content I'm sharing I'm decent at what I do I'm a great coach I'm educated I'm knowledgeable in my sphere of influence and I can leave that platform and still know that like regardless of what happens on there I'm a good person that's 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 probably been the biggest breakthrough moment for me in my whole life and like going back to what you say a lot Em is that let the people who don't think you're a good person let them be wrong about you it doesn't matter such a relief isn't it (laughs) oh you can do that and I can't I don't need to stop you I don't need I don't need to because it actually doesn't matter it just doesn't know it only matters that I think I'm yeah that I know I'm good yeah the likability thing is so relatable to me like literally I I think I had a very not similar but not too dissimilar with the with the external validation all the time Mm. and it does make you question yourself because you just put everything in the hands of other people yeah. and being likable and I think that's definitely part of being a woman as well is like we're conditioned to to be likable yeah. oh, and, and we remember every insult and everything that might make us not feel likable or anything that make make makes us perceive ourselves differently it's so important to be like to, it's so tragic but when people tell me that they like me I'm like 
oh wow yeah. thanks it's yeah. embarrassing like, no, no, I, I completely get it I'd like, rather be liked than loved because I just think people are conditioned you know people yeah yeah yeah, yeah people yeah. have to love you yeah, yeah. but I feel like so um like I still find it really uncomfortable and like I never know how to act when someone's like on the, in the street or whatever like I follow you on Instagram and I think you're amazing and I'm like oh my god thank you so much but I find this really awkward because I don't really know how to be because it's almost yeah. so alien to me for someone to like be so nice and yeah. be like you're a really likeable person I think you know I, and like I visited a lot of this in like you know the work that I've done but growing up my experience at school with friendship like I never had um, a, a secure friendship or relationship with my friends like I I was very transient and very chameleon like in all of my relationships so when I found social media suddenly I had this thing that told me I was great and I'd never had that before so it felt you know like I just was like an addict as such like I just wanted more and more of it and it was so addictive in that sense and at some point like I just realized that it was actually having the complete opposite effect I'd almost like totally disassociated from who I was and like even down to the clothes that I wore the makeup that I did the things I did to myself like I know that we came in and started talking about you know various beauty bits as you know (laughs) as you do women and like I just think that that even that you know like I would just be so swayed by people's opinions that I had no anchoring to my sense of self I was just a lost floating being that was like one day I'm this and the next day I'm that and the next day I think I'll be this and it just it was just exhausting and I I like I said I'm not like there yet I don't wake up every day and go oh, I know who I am but I do feel that I I've had to to for like for the preservation of my relationship my sanity like everything I've had to learn to disassociate from Instagram and social media and who I actually am for sure to touch on your your formative years your teenage years and if you don't mind talking about it and we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to God, talk yeah, about no, it I'm totally happy but I I think your experience was so... I mean, it it sounds so shocking that you were in an abusive relationship Mm. as a teenager. Mm. But unfortunately, it probably isn't that uncommon. And I think it does sound, you know, like when you hear it, you're like, oh my God, how can that happen to a teenager? But then actually, when you hear it, it's like, well, of course it can actually. It can happen to anybody at any age. But um, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about that. Oh my God, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. And one of the things that I... I'm like learning as I do all this work with, you know, like Women's Aid are an amazing charity. I know that we we referenced them earlier. Like I, I've been an ambassador for them for years. And I think that, you know, even recently I went and did an event with them and you speak to people and there are people who've left relationships like 20 years ago who are only just realising that they were abusive because we don't understand like how, um, you know, deeply... M- Uh, abuse can kind of manifest itself and the ways in which it can happen it's so insidious but yeah like I was 16 um I was really young and impressionable and kind of naive and I desperately wanted a boyfriend my god I was like I just want a boyfriend everyone else has got one I want one and I went to this house party with my friend I met this guy he was a bit older than me he drove a car which was just like oh my god and um and so yeah we started dating and I think that within the space of a couple of weeks I guess it was like very full on very quickly which is a typical sign of abuse that it goes from kind of zero to 100 miles an hour really quickly um they want to draw you in they want to create a sense of security and that you are their everything and they are your everything um and that's almost the kind of like incubation period as such where it's not that i don't necessarily think they they're planning to be abusive but there's a very typical behavior that we see through a lot of relationships that are similar in in, in that sense um and then 
yeah, it, it turned physically abusive not long after that, you know, maybe a couple of months in. But it was very much, and I'll talk about the first instance that happened and then you can start to understand why abusive relationships can be so confusing. So we're in the car, we're driving back from a football game and just a trigger warning as well, like on this one. But yeah, like we had finished the game, got into the car and I'd assumed everything was absolutely fine. And I'd been stood on the sidelines with one of his friends sort of just talking because I was watching. Um... And I think he started to talk about, you know, from my memory, he started to talk about the fact that he found that really uncomfortable and why was I talking to his friend? And I was very confused. I was like, it's your friend, like what? And it kind of got a little bit like back and forth. And I was like, I I think in my naivety, I just couldn't understand why he cared so much about me talking to one of his friends. And then literally out of the blue, he just slapped me. Like it was like one second I was fine. The next second I was like, oh my God, like that complete sense of being stunned into silence. And the thing that I would say with that is why it's so difficult is it it was immediately followed by, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I've done that. Oh my God, I feel awful. Like, how's this happened? Like, and he was really remorseful. And so, you know, I was 16. I had very little experience of relationships otherwise. I knew that slapping someone was wrong, but because it was followed with this like complete, you know, remorse and um, just feeling so sorry for me and himself and whatever, I was like, ended up apologising to him and being like, it's okay, don't worry, gosh, I'm really sorry. And that pattern basically then repeated over a, over a year and, you know, a bit longer. And um, I think that when you explain it like that and you understand that abuse isn't, you know, it's awful all the time. It can be, but but typically it's not awful all the time. There will be these moments where you see the glimmer of the person that you met when you first met them and they were lovely and kind and nice and whatever. And you think, oh, you know, like if only I could, you know, grab onto that part of them and, you know, maybe they'll change. And one of the things that does tend to happen which was absolutely the case in my situation was they will very much gaslight you so it was your fault that I did this it was it was your you know you made me behave like this you provoked me um I wouldn't have behaved like that if you hadn't have done this you know it's all this language that basically puts all of the blame on the victim so most of the time I wasn't actually even aware that I was experiencing abuse because I was like, God, I can't believe I'm I'm doing all these things. Like, I don't even realise that I'm being this awful, but clearly I am. And my self-confidence just, like, nosedived. And I, you know, just found it horrific, but peppered with these moments where he was suddenly lovely again and everything was fine. You know, I remember that we went on a family holiday with him. Like, he, I was the first time I was allowed to go away with a boyfriend. I was like, oh amazing and we went away with his mum and dad so his parents were there granted his mum at the end of our relationship when she knew what was going on still said he's doing nothing wrong like it was it was awful but anyway we went on this family holiday with his parents and during the middle of the night he woke up and decided that we were going to have an argument over something I cannot even remember what and he locked me out the hotel room so like bearing in mind I was 16 I'm in this like hotel complex I remember walking around like sobbing my eyes out and having no idea what I'd done. Like I was so confused just being like, what the hell? And it was just, yeah, it was it was an 
awful experience and it was always just like every time I thought I'm just ready to leave and I know that I need to get out of this relationship he'd pull me back in with something or he'd make me believe that like everything was going to be okay again and so I I am I you know I ended the relationship and I think that sorry this is going on a long time but (laughs) but I ended the relationship and what a lot of, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there will be people who are listening who have gone through similar things on ending it. And when they realise that they finally don't have that control over you anymore, they basically escalate their behaviour. We know that to be a sign of, you know, um, you know, people who try and escape abusive relationships. When you finally try and break that pattern of abuse, they will then go even more, even further. They'll double down on their behaviour. So I ended it and, you know, my parents had to unplug all our home phones. He was ringing the phone, the home phone, like multiple times, day and night um I was at school and basically he um during the middle of my school day as I was walking from one class to the next so he'd clearly like stalked me and like worked out where I was going to be turned up with a friend drove his car onto the middle of the high street where there are like people looking everyone's around and attacked me in the middle of the day like in the middle of the high street and um I will never forget that moment because like the thing that I would say with abuse is that uh, what comes along with it is so much shame you know like you're so mortified and embarrassed that anyone would see you going through this situation that like I just remember like he almost just sunk to the lowest depths um and what was the and like I remember when I spoke to someone about this they were like why are you saying you're lucky but I do feel really lucky in this sense that um it happened in front of loads of people and in a really public place so the police were called straight away I was able to make a statement. I'd already spoken to the police a number of times before, but they were pretty useless in that sense. But thankfully on this occasion, the police were called. I was able to make a statement. I got a conviction. It went to court. Like I was able to have that moment where he was found guilty of assault. And, you know, like I I was I was one of the lucky ones in that sense because I was able to get that when so many people don't. Like mo- most of abuse happens behind closed doors. It's one word against another. Like it's very hard to prove even harder so to get a conviction I did feel lucky in that sense and you know my life moved on and I would say all of what I then went on to do came from a place of just trying to rebuild myself basically um but but yeah I think um you know when it comes to the work that I now do all of it is about if I can even save one person from being in that situation particularly at a young age so most of my work with women's aid centers around healthy relationships and young people then I'm doing my job right like and I'm and I'm fulfilled and satisfied that I am at least trying to undo I guess some of the pain and the trauma that I went through um so yeah that was a lot I'm <laughs> that was so a lot. sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah god that's so much to deal with at yeah. such a young age such a young 16 yeah yeah it was a lot but but you know you come yeah. out the other side like well you don't actually always and that's the sad thing like a lot you know we only have to look at the stats to show how many people die a week I think it's two women at the moment die a week from from domestic abuse but I was one of the lucky ones I did I was able to leave you know like when I look at how abuse you know is so normalized in some settings like maybe less the physical stuff but definitely like financial abuse sexual abuse emotional abuse because it's in a relationship if someone walked down the street and punched you in the face you'd be like oh my god I'm ringing the police 
But for example, like if I liken that first situation where he slapped me and then suddenly was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I've done this. Like it's complex. It's heavy when there's kids involved. You know, I recently went to visit a refuge in Surrey where, you know, there are women there living who have fled abusive relationships. Mm. When you leave an abusive relationship to go into a refuge, you're cut off from all friends and family. You can have no contact with anyone. There was a woman there who gave birth in the refuge. She had a young child who was... um, two I think and she'd just given birth her baby was 10 days old she gave birth on her own in a refuge with no family no friends like it's when you look at why people don't leave like leaving is not the easy option like almost in in some situations you can see why people stay but like thankfully due to like women's aid there's a the woman that runs the refuge in um Surrey I have to shout her out because she's an incredible woman Charlotte Neer um she you know has got I think she's got an MBE she's like one of the most amazing women I've ever met in terms of she's a victim herself and then has gone on to do all this amazing work but it's heavy like it and it and it's so insidious and like there's probably not many people that I've spoken to who haven't in some ways had to touch with domestic abuse like you know I, I I've spoken to so many people who it might only have been you know a few moments but everyone's got like a story and I just think like I am I feel really lucky that my whole work now and everything that I try and do is very much awareness and and trying to to help people not be in the same situation that I was basically yeah and amazing that you've been able to challenge uh, to channel that all that pain and that trauma Mm. into something that is actually really helping other people yeah I hope so when you put your head so. on the pillow, honestly, you're right with your thoughts. Like, you're a really good person. You're doing really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, you are. Guys, like, stop! No, honestly, like, <laughs> I, yeah. we love you. Oh, yeah. thanks. It's so great. So I know, great. we talked a lot. I'm so sorry. No, it's literally the point. It would have been awful if you hadn't said anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Honestly, thank I'm you. so grateful to be on. I love this podcast so much. So oh, thank you so we're much. so happy to have you. Thanks, thanks Alice. Should I delete that? It's part of the ACAS Creator Network. 